Welcome everyone to another episode of the In Real Deep Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Samino, and with me as always is my co-host, Andrew Johnson. Hello, Andrew. Cheers to my best good friend. It's a Forrest Gump line, I think. Uh... <laughs> I was going to say, is Forrest Gump a 2020 film that we're discussing today? Uh Sure. Well, no, yeah, we should, we've tricked people into this is episode 11 of the Hank series. We finally got around to Forrest Gump. <laughs> gotcha. More Hanks. <laughs> no, God, I don't want to talk about Forrest Gump. Please don't. Please don't make us do that. <laughs> no, no. I, I just like Tom Hanks calling Bubba his best good friend because I that think is it's great. a funny, funny, charming line. They are best friends, and we are best friends, and we are here on the In Real Deep podcast once again. That's great. To right. do our best movie of the year. This has been a tradition for a little while now. The tradition began with our top 10 list, which is currently up at inrealdeep.com. So go and check it out. Uh, the best movies of 2020 is there for your reading pleasure. But in the last couple of years, Andrew, we decided not only would we rank our 10 movies or pick our 10 movies, we don't necessarily rank them, but we would then go and slot in at least a number one in yeah. podcast form. Yeah, I, I like this tradition because it forces us to, uh, uh, you know, kind of compromise, I guess. Uh, and, you know, that's how you end up with, I think it was two years ago with uh, with uh, A Star is Born as your number one movie, which... A genuinely exciting podcast moment was us figuring that out. <laughs> it was it was thrilling, and uh, and we were right. Back, you know, I feel like it holds up really well now. Actually, so uh, I don't even remember off the top of my head what the other options were, but I definitely I think that's uh, confirmation that we did the right thing because I Star is Born is certainly not a perfect film by any means, but I think you know the the initial trepidations people had about it have fit, largely faded away. Now it's just a good movie. Everyone remembers the great scenes. Everyone loves the music. Like. It it really does hold up. It's it's a meme, like for good and and funny reasons. It has stood the test of time. Yeah, I mean we've got some eclectic ones in there too. I think we Creed was one one year, yes. which another one I stand behind one hundred percent because I think it's like a great movie. I think you know I think I was the king of hyperbole there when I said it might be the first Rocky movie I show my kids, um, <laughs> which you know probably angered people, including yourself. When your daughters watch, if you show them Rocky One, it will literally be fifty years old at that point, though. So, well, that's that was my argument back then. Was that's like, a very old. That's like, yeah. Um, when we were five, fifty-year-old movies were from the forties. Like that's right, crazy. Right. It's it's like showing your kids Casablanca. Yes, like, uh, this is a gr- this is a great spy movie. And expecting them to just know, like, like it for some reason, yeah, yeah, <laughs> like why yeah, would that ever? Yeah. That would never happen. Yeah. yeah, but then I mean, then we have like you know. Classics, like uh, clear classics, we recognize. Like I think Moonlight is one of them. Mm -hmm. Whiplash, you know, like some other ones that we've picked. I I love that collection of movies, and I love that tradition of having to figure out one between the two of us. Because I think between the two of us, our tastes are all there's a lot of similarity, but they're not always the same. Yeah, and uh, it's a good it's a good way. And usually we kind of balance ourselves out. You know, it's like it's it's unity, right? Like which is what the country's all about right now. Oh right? yeah. Jolton Joe Biden pushing us towards unity, bipartisan compromise. <laughs> Jolton Joe? I hadn't heard that name. I like that. It's my own personal name for my friend Joe Biden, so <laughs> Jolton Joe. He's your neighbor. Yeah, it's right, he is my neighbor. Right down the street, for better or for worse. Okay. But yeah, Andrew, last year I did I will say, if everyone remembers, we chose the Irishman. I think I definitely sort of bullied you into that one. I also think that I, I still love the Irishman a lot. I think it's great, but I think that is one choice. You know, I, I think in retrospect, if we could go back in time, we cannot, we will not. But we probably would have picked Parasite. But I also, I don't think there's as much of a gap between those movies as as you might or as as some other people might. I just think Parasite is more of a time capsule movie that I would be more uh, proud to have chosen, or like I think it was the definitive best movie of the year. But I think Irishman is still pretty pretty great for what it is. I just think it's a little bit more of an eclectic choice. All things considered, as Joe Pesci says, it it's it's what it is. That's right. So, uh, <laughs> and solidarity, uh, like Al Pacino uh, says. Uh, I uh, right, right. I, I agree, and, and I I don't I don't regret the Irishman. I I I think my comment after that is, and it was actually on the a subsequent rewatch of Parasite, where I was like, oh man, like I was just like, like this is the, the Parasite. I think from this era is the movie that 
one of the movies from the last decade, as long as we've been doing this, that like we're going to be talking about that movie for a, a long ass time. Um, uh, it, because it's it's just so unique and and clever. But you know, I. I not because it was an art house classic or anything, because it was a movie that, you know, it made a solid amount of money in America and it won awards and right. people liked it. Like right. it wasn't just us being up our own butts smelling our farts. It was a tremendous, tremendous film. No, we'll we'll be doing that shortly, I think. But um <laughs> yeah. but but yes, I agree. Yes, I to your point, yes, it's it's more about it's it's not just about the the greatness of the film, but also, yeah, about the fact that a movie like that was able to cross over and a lot of our friends saw it back when they, you know, went to movie theaters and stuff. So yeah, um, but when, when, like, when we recorded this last year in the, in the before times, we certainly didn't know how it was going to be received or what was coming. So I think it definitely is a hindsight thing where now we're like, oh yeah, wow, that really that really stuck, huh? And it won a lot. Okay, cool, cool. I I, I will tell you after I actually when I, I went to see that movie in the theater by myself, um, which I I don't do a lot. Um, uh, but I, it was one of those that I'm like, I'm not going to convince my wife to go for a date night. And I invited one of my friends, um, to go with me. And he was like, he's like, he's like, send me the trailer. And I sent him the trailer and he like texts me like, you know, five minutes later. He's like, he's like, nah, it doesn't seem like it's for me. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, fair. I like, yeah, it's a, it's a foreign Korean film by a director you've never heard of. No act, no actors you would recognize. And the trailer is, you know, it. no one knew what it was really about totally until you got right. there, to say the least. And then, yeah, and then like you know, a couple months later, the movie comes out, and he's like, he he like <laughs> watched it and he's immediately like, I really should have gone to see that movie in the theater with you. <laughs> I was like, I know. <laughs> It's okay. Um, you yeah, can watch it yeah. now on TV. It's fine. Yeah, don't yeah, don't fret, yeah. sir. That's the only place you can watch it, I think. But <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so those were our choices previously, and we are back again to talk about 2020 movies, which was a weird year at the movies. We will obviously talk about that. We've talked about it before. We'll get into it real soon. But for now, Andrew, let's do our beverage of choice segments. I have nothing fancy. I'm sticking with a timeless classic. As you said, I live near Joe Biden and Washington, D.C. once again, and I'm drinking a National Bohemian 16-ounce oh. beer. So with the guy with the mustache, <laughs> okay. and he's got it's a Ravens can. He's got the helmet on, the purple. It's, 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 a, it's a fine product. I, I think for, for the price, it's, it's the best you're going to get. Um, of, of the yeah, swill, it's the finest like, swill like, there is out there. Yes. It's like the Parker brothers went down to Dundall. Um <laughs> No, I actually agree. Nat- Natty Bo is uh, is is like my go-to cheap summer beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like it has to be extremely cold to yes. enjoy it, but it's 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 uh, it's 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 a solid uh, solid crisp cheap pilsner. And I'm glad you've got a tall boy going because we have a lot of conversation ahead <laughs> of us. Um, I am drinking a. I made a, a formal cocktail for such an occasion, so I'm drinking a. I've gotten very into cocktail making. I don't know if I've mentioned that on the podcast uh, because, again, I can't go anywhere and have a nice drink. Uh, well, I guess I could, but I, I don't. Um, uh, but I'm drinking a fancy free, which is uh, a little bit of rye whiskey, um, some orange bitters, and uh, a Luxardo, which is like a maraschino liqueur. Um, and uh, it's you know on on the rock. It's similar to old fashioned, but a little little different. And uh, I highly recommend it. Sounds delicious. Yeah, it sounds really, you know fancy in the sense that it has some ingredients that you have to like purposely go out there and buy. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The Luxardo bottle is um, uh, it's like a it's a maraschino cherry liqueur, which is a ridiculous thing by itself. Uh, but the bottle itself is like wrapped in like um, this straw sort of situation, and then it's like comically tall, like and thin. So I, it's a stupid thing that I never would buy if there wasn't a gold pandemic. <laughs> but you got to splurge <laughs> on some little things here and there to keep yourself sane. So I'm glad you got the cherry liquor. That's great. Feel, gotta feel fancy. <laughs> 
All right, Andrew, we got our drinks. Let's talk movies. So, again, the best of 2020 list is on InRailDeep.com. If you go and take a glance, we have it split up into two sections. There's the top four, which is the two, the four movies that Andrew and I both put in our top ten, and then there's the best of the rest, which is all the other ones. And, Andrew, uh, looking through the best of the rest, since technically those are not eligible for our best movie of the year, as per the InRailDeep bylaws... I would like to call it a few that I really, really, really liked. And one of those is American Utopia, the David Byrne concert film directed by Spike Lee. If you've seen Stop Making Sense, the Jonathan Demme, Talking Heads, uh, concert film from way back in the 80s. Classic. Most people say it's the best concert film ever. This one is is competition for sure. It's super fun. If you're looking for something to shake you out of some doldrums and give you some enthusiasm, remember live music, remember the joy we all used to feel. It is a great reminder that people used to gather in rooms and watch the other people dance and sing and have a lovely time. And David Byrne's a weirdo. There's talking head songs. Like It's just Spike's a, you know, does a real wonderfully competent job just like getting capturing all the joy and all the all the enthusiasm and it's just it's it's on hbo max and i highly highly recommend it that's your only uh, your only call out i want to give you a shot to do one too i don't want to hog all the time well i mean i got a couple that i i mean obviously you can hog the time if you (laughs) uh the one the one that i would really call out and it's kind of for, for the same reason um is uh is which I it's a movie I know you've seen and I know you I think you liked it uh, which is uh, my my octopus teacher which is a Netflix documentary which honestly in in any other year may not have made the list but for me um, it's the story of this guy who dives in the ocean and strikes up a bizarrely close relationship with an actual octopus for like you know a few months or a year or something like that. not very long. Um, and that movie was incredibly therapeutic for me. And I watched it, you know, I think sometime around the election. So not only was it like therapeutic and like what is unquestionably the hardest year of my life. Like, I mean, I think we all share that, right? Like 2020 couldn't have possibly been harder. Um, it, it was a movie that, uh, that, um, both reminded me of like it, it kind of reminded me of the Carl Sagan pale blue dot thing like we're all really small and we're all like the circle of life or whatever like they're like this is everything we're going through is a part of life but also it was uh, this unlikely story about connection against all odds and like you know it it was it was an important it was a emotionally important movie for me in a really hard year um, and, uh, so it's, and it's what, it's one of the ones I've, I've sort of recommended to, um, a lot of people as like, Hey, you know, I know everyone has Netflix, <laughs> go check this movie out. It's, it's only like 80 minutes. Um, I mean, it's beautifully shot too and all that stuff. So that's, that's one I really wanted to, to call out. It's a, it's a very small film in a, in a year of, you know, where film has felt really small. so And I, um, I will say as well, you know, we've talked before and we will talk later about stuff that should go on Netflix, what it's like when movies, do, you know, feature films uh, premiere on Netflix. That's something that I love Netflix doing because, right. I, you know, as great as it would be to see it in a theater, I don't really yeah. want to pay $16 for an 85-minute <laughs> documentary unless it's right. the best documentary of all time. This is the yeah. perfect thing to watch on a nice big TV at home and just enjoy the ride because it's very small scale, even though it does show some really cool big things it really fits yeah. it's, it's the kind of thing i wish netflix would do more of yeah I totally and not take agree. our good movies Flips. that you know th- though we can't watch them on the big screen <laughs> yeah. they steal them away and, and sometimes that makes me uh, sad yeah netflix should be in the documentary business yeah and they are they do they do a you know a fine enough job like another movie that i almost put on the top 10 list dick johnson is dead is a netflix documentary that was really really good and so that was weird and then the polar opposite of of my octopus teacher and it was it was wonderful so they're certainly pumping though i mean they're pumping everything out of this days they're in they're in the everything game you know yeah yeah oh, well you're right yeah probably the, i was gonna say their documentaries are probably not great for their business model but not bad right they're just another they gotta have something for everybody they gotta (laughs) everyone has it and they need to give everyone a reason to keep it so well especially as the other you know traditional legacy media companies take all their shit off of netflix right so um (laughs) yeah more octopi that's fine we'll take the octopi it was a great movie andrew you you reckon it was always on my list but you bumped it up a little bit and my girlfriend and i watched it and we liked it a lot it was adorable so 
this it was very soothing as i and which i i don't usually make, construct this list off of what soothed me but uh this this was a year this where was I a soothing like, necessary kind of year yeah. so yeah. Another one that I'll call out, two things actually, but one in particular is they're both the films in the Steve McQueen's Small Axe series, which is on Prime Video, and Steve McQueen is the great director of Hunger and 12 Years a Slave and Widows, and he did a series of five films, all very short, roughly around an hour, about the West Indian experience in London in the 60s and so. Basically about being black in London, being an immigrant, trying to find your way during that time period. And Mangrove in particular is the one that I really, really love. It's the first one that came out. It's a courtroom drama. It was an easy comparison to The Trial of the Chicago 7, which is very annoyingly getting praised to the heavens as if it's a very, very good movie rather than a fine movie. And again, and it's it's you know Chicago Seven would have been what it was regardless. But when you watch Mangrove, which is the, the the similarity is that they are courtroom movies about injustice. But Mangrove takes the time and thought and care to really kind of draw you into what this actually would be like. It's not a almost yeah. all of Aaron Sorkin movies or some extent are like a play put on screen. You know, they're people say big bold ridiculous things. They're over dramatized. They're over the top a lot of the time. Like Mangrove is quiet and painful and intense and is just so much better than Chicago seven. And that alone should disqualify Chicago seven from any major awards. It's like this other courtroom movie kicks you in the balls. Why are we pretending like Chicago seven is any good? And but despite all that, Mangrove is amazing in its own right. And if you're only going to watch one small axe, you should watch all five. But starting with Mangrove is a great way to go because it's truly, truly great. And it's first in the series. Yep. Uh, small small axe. I almost – it was sort of one of the last cuts for me. Um, I almost put the whole thing on there because I think um, – Which is, I think, I a think... very fair way to look at it. Like they are, yeah. you know – the yeah, rules don't matter anymore. Put whatever the fuck on. No, whatever you want, they, you know? they don't. They don't matter. I. I mean. I think two years. It was two years ago. I put the um, uh, love of basketball or whatever, which was a ten part, twenty hour. Yes, and you put the the OJ Made in America on there as well. Right. Correct? Right. 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 So I've broken the rules many times in this. Anyway, I guess I've been I've been ahead of my time. I suppose. Um, uh, <laughs> they're they're great. I mean, you're, you're absolutely right. And and so I mean. Um, I I love films like that that um you know transport you to a really specific or time and place or in this case sort of a series of times and places, but all in the same rough rough um, you know historical period and transport you to a period and a place that you just for me as an American I have literally given zero thought to before and you know was entranced. Um, by the stories the music i mean the music in that movie is those those set of movies are is like incredible yep. like go check out the small acts playlist on spotify if you haven't uh if you need it you know if you need a, a good good playlist to get you through a whole work day um they're great and and mangrove is to me was also the 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 best one in there um again because it, it Unlike Chicago Seven, which I get, we don't want to talk about that movie too much, it 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 steeps you in the characters and why it's such a big deal what's happening to them, um, as opposed to just like dropping you straight into the courtroom. And it also Drop. doesn't tell McQueen is such a good director, and it doesn't tell you it's a big deal. It makes it clear to you otherwise, you know. Where Chicago right. Seven, the characters are constantly talking about what a big deal what's happening is, you know. Ooh. As if they could look into the future and go, wow, this is the trial of the Shadow 7. Like, they don't know. They might sort of know, but they also don't. Like, it's just, it's just, it's just, it, uh, I'm just, like, I'm going to try not to yell about too much about how frustrating that movie is, but. Yeah. Um, okay, a couple other shout outs for me. One, um, Palm Springs, I thought was just the funniest movie I saw all year. Um, and, uh, I think I've already said this many times on this podcast, but, uh, I, I firmly am of the belief that Andy Sandberg is not for everyone, but he's definitely for me. Um, so, <laughs> so, so his brand of humor works for me. Uh, and then the other one, the other one to call out, which I think is, you know, I think most of our other, our other, um, the other ones I saw almost, most of them were on like some top 10 list, but I really liked the way back. I know you saw that too, which sure was did. Ben Affleck, smaller film, very straightforward, but really well done. Um, 
Uh, I didn't even realize until after it was over that it was done by the guy who did Warrior, which is like also a really good similar sports, but not really sports movie. Um, and uh, I, I just, I that that's I, I call that out not because I thought it was, it was probably one of the last, probably maybe the last movie to go on that list for me, um, but because it's it's a movie I think probably a lot of people missed. I think it was in the theaters very briefly, and then it showed up on HBO Max. That's where I ran into it, and I really liked it. I thought it was really good and well done. Um, so that's another one I would just uh, champion a little bit, which I, you know, that's long been our role is to have watched more movies than anyone else we know and champion stuff. That, <laughs> That's right. You know, no, I think anyone who watched way back would be, would be amazed by how, how easily, like, I mean, you say this in the, in your little review of it, how easily it could have fallen off track and how nice it is that it doesn't. It could yeah, be just the dumbest, laziest sports movie there, we've seen yeah. drunk coach like a hundred times at this point, you know? Right. They're drunk coaches and Hoosiers, right? Yeah. And it's like, yeah. Dennis Hopper, the original back. drunk coach. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and he, they don't like let him put his life back together neatly, but uh, you can kind of see how he might start to do it. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, you know, as I've demonstrated, I'm a sucker for basketball. <laughs> uh, so, so there you go. That's that's probably it for me. And there's read the whole list, and um, you know, there's there's that's a bunch of good stuff on there. So, yep. Yeah, Andrew, let's talk about that before we get into our final four, because this really wasn't a bad year for movies. Like this, in looking through the top ten, I enjoyed almost everything I saw. I think the issue with it is just, it was a very hard year. Even though you had nothing but time, it was still difficult to find the time and the enthusiasm and to be in the right headspace to watch movies. And I think that's coupled very obviously with not going to theaters, because while in in a regular 2020, in a parallel universe, we probably would have watched half of these on streaming anyway, but just having the opportunity to sit down in the theater when you choose to go, when you want to go, when you want to pay to see a movie, does, it clears everything else out. It's just, and even if you're not in the best, didn't have the best day, you're not feeling great, you, if it's a great movie, you'll get lost in it. It's happened to me a million times, happened to you a million times, and to not have that even to be an option just makes it very difficult to, to talk about these movies and it, it creates a whole new context for them that no one wanted and then you you're forced to wonder what these mean are they as important are they not as important is it like i don't know it's, it's a whole there's a whole new variables thrown into play that we never really thought about before yeah and i think we'll we'll probably come back to it later but like it 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 um i didn't realize how much this was bothering me because as you say like i don't i have two small kids i don't i don't go to the theater that much i mean maybe 15 times a year before that, like at best, not, not like, it's not like a huge part of my life, but, um, there are movies every year. I make a point to go and see in the theater. It it is also a common date night for me and my wife and a way to get away from our kids for a little while. Or maybe you take your, your oldest daughter now too, you know, like that would have been sweet as well. Actually great point, right? Like soul as an example, which I really liked and is on the list is like something I would have taken Anna to go see in the theater. Um, and it's it's like I, I, and I've we've actually I've written I've written about this on our site that I think um, streaming uh, streaming isn't all good or all bad, but that I think something there's it's something dangerous could be lost in all of this, and um, and then COVID comes along and like sort of accelerates what might have taken five or ten years to really you know actually happen, um, and yeah, it just like you're right. Like you could be having a bad day. You walk into the theater or you, if you're a good person, you put your phone on silent. You don't look <laughs> at it. And like even some of the best movies, even some of the movies on my list, I pause it every 10 minutes to check my work email or answer a text message or whatever. And it's like, it's kind of miserable in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Like, like, and uh, yeah, it's that, that's been really, it's been really tough. I agree. a hundred percent with what you said this to me is not like it wasn't a particularly great year for movies if i was going to size it up against past years but it 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 wasn't bad at all if you could just take it out of vacuum you would not look at this list and say it was any that much worse than like i'm sure it tops some other years it's just it's just not yeah it's just not the same regardless of movie quality it's not the same it's not right it's not the same and uh you know that's that's hard to swallow. I mean, I yeah, we're not and we're not we're not <laughs> lamenting too hard. We're not you know woe is me each other. We're just saying like we we like to do this list. We do it every year, and this has been a this was a tougher year to do it in because there was just more to think about. So 
Well, and and escapism, which movies really are. I mean, no matter what they what the content of them is, like there is no escape from the situation yep. we're sort of living in. Um, and and if all you if all you have to get away from the situation we're all in, and again, as you point out, we're like we don't, you and I don't have it bad at all. Like we're we're very comfortable and privileged. Um, the, that escapism starts to just diminish in meaning. It doesn't feel special or important in the same way. So, yep. um, yeah, it's been hard <laughs> as, it, as it has been for everyone. So, it sure yeah. has. And we'll see what happens to the state of movies going forward. It's This is going to be an interesting year. I hope things get better. Things are trending better. I know, Andrew, you're very optimistic about the state of many things. Hopefully movies is among them. And by at a certain point, you know, I know some people are going to theaters, but I hope it becomes an option for all people who wish to go and I hope that that leads that they don't go away and that just makes us appreciate the movies we have and the good ones even more yeah I mean I I think that day is coming Um, you know we've got all you know we've got all these vaccines now and you know I mean I I can't wait to get one I'm sure you're the same and (laughs) you get one and yeah you know you wait for the 14 days or whatever however many days it is before you get sort of the full protective immunity and then you go see that Russell Crowe road rage movie right (laughs) (laughs) whatever the hell whatever the hell they put in theaters for that week I know you're joking but I can't wait I mean I don't I I don't I in some ways like I I would see anything at this point bad the movie is like I will be there in the theater uh if they open the downtown DC theater and they were and they were like you will be fine if you choose to go I would be like what's playing right now I don't care like that's that sounds like a dream I'm there yeah, what if what if it was like the like I think Ben Shapiro financed the movie. What if it was that? <laughs> I, I, I still think I'd be like I'd be like eh, okay. I can like yeah, yell and boo it and boo it yeah, and get mad. Yeah, right. exactly. <laughs> yeah, I could like tweet like shit post at Ben yeah, Shapiro I can after be about snarky. his office. That's fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I think I'd still do it. I, anything for that, you know. So I probably would. Uh, I don't well. think I don't think I, I don't. I mean, I have kids, so I don't think. I never took after I had kids. I never took going to the movie theater for granted exactly, but um, but uh, you know that'll that'll be a good moment I think for for all of us when we're when we feel safe enough to to do that, you know. And you know, yeah, the the stupider the movie, the better in some ways. I don't yep. care. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, Andrew, let's talk about some not stupid movies. Let's go through the big four and let's choose our best movie of the year for everyone who has not read our top ten lists. Our number one in the final four is Baccarat, a Brazilian. I I don't even know how to describe this movie, Andrew. Do you have, I, I don't either. Can you sum this up no. in like a sentence or two? It is very nope, hard to do. I cannot do that. There's not even like a super famous person in there to. There's drones. Like, Udo Kier is there. Um. They have a lot of those just, big swords, big that's machetes. Just, that's just a movie you should see. <laughs> the best thing I would describe it is like a sort of a village team up. But there's not many of these movies, but it's like the village community, whatever unites against common foe kind of deal, you know? Dystopian, a little bit. Yeah. Hard to actually know when it's taking place. I think now, but yeah, it's unclear for sure. I think it's like a little post now, but not far away. But yeah, yeah. And there's a little unclear bit what's even going there. on and who the antagonists yeah. are exactly like who the protagonists are to a certain extent. Like, yeah, it's, it's murky, but in the best way I've seen in quite yeah. a long time. Like it doesn't, it truly, it's got that sweet spot where there's all this unexplained stuff and it does not matter. And it makes it better because you just want to know. And the movie's like, no, we're not telling you it's fine. And you're like, Oh, but it, tell me it's like, no, we got cooler yeah. stuff to do. Well, don't worry yeah. about it. <laughs> It's a wild, it's a wild ride. I mean, actually, I, if I was going to sum it up best, uh, Scott Tobias, who used to write for the Dissolve, I follow him on Letterboxd, and he was actually one of the people that tipped me off to this movie. Um, and then I think I watched it, and I was like, "You got to see Baccarat, Baccarat." Mm-hmm. Bac- um, you probably would have. It ended up on a lot of top ten lists anyway, so I'm sure it had been floating like, around my my movie sphere. But you yeah. were the first one. You were one of the first people to say, "Like, see it right away. Like, don't just yeah, wait until yeah. later." His like his review on Letterbox was just um, back around, more like back or wow. It's like it, it's impossible. Actually, my brother, everyone who everyone knows, if they're a longtime listener of this podcast, was like, he's like, 
he's he saw the list earlier this week and he's like you put all these movies on there and you don't ever tell me about them and i was like well you know i'm like i'm not sure like like i'm like yeah i think you should see back baccarat but like it's kind of hard to like recommend in that context because like like his wife Lindsay, is going to be like well what's it about and i'm like well (laughs) i don't know (laughs) i don't think either one of us looks at this list as that sort of vehicle though right like this is like i mean in the old days this was like we we do reviews and this is just a big fun roundup like and now it's just like here just go see the movies don't it or do do your own homework like we just tell you it's good yeah, and Sam's comment to me was like, "Well, Lindsay likes Star Wars," and I was like, "That what does that mean?" <laughs> this movie just uh, like it's a little dusty. In you can tell him a lot of the wipes I, they use are very Star Warsy, though. You can tell him uh, that. I'm, like, I'm just like, I don't, I'm like, okay, just go see it. Like, I, okay, so I'm sorry, I didn't. Yeah, yeah. We to your point, we don't put this list together for anyone else's edification <laughs> other than our own. But um, but. Uh, people should go see this this movie but i can't I, it's very hard to sum it up in terms of like why it's so great um it's it's just unique i mean i've never seen a movie like that really no I mean, me it, neither it um, was tremendous it's so, on it's on criterion if you have the criterion channel it's it's waiting there for you so i think it's on canopy as well yes i, I think I, you're I'm right sure i believe it is on canopy that, as well which if you have a library card you can watch this movie so um yeah and if you if you have criterion criterion's amazing uh for many reasons but um this movie is one of them so yeah it's i I don't even know i feel like we've not done it justice because we just rambled about how we can't describe it but um (laughs) it's just that wasn't by choice that was by necessity it's just an amazing film with there's definitely a lot of different genre influences it's not what you're expecting really at any moment um and uh you know it doesn't build towards some like big satisfying like battle in the sense like it's not like a protagonist fights a bad guy one on one for the savior Mm. of everybody you know like stuff just sort of happens in a very logical entertaining way yeah yeah and it's another it's another movie that like like small acts that you're talking about i haven't thought about uh an interior small village in brazil in my entire life and um, yet I felt like this was a very specific place I was sort of transported to. Yep. Um, and then there then there were pseudo-Nazis hunting some of the villagers. So. <laughs> and it was there funny. There's funny parts of the guy with the guitar is really funny. Like, yep. Yep. there's it's really got it all. If this intrigues you, what we're saying in the least, go watch it. And don't even Google it. Just go watch it. Like, I really find it hard to believe. If you're the person who listens to this podcast and finds this entertaining, I think you would like it just on its head. Yeah, and you, all you need is a library card. So, mm-hmm. there you go there you go that's right so that's one of the first one the second one is to five bloods which is a spike lee film that came out on netflix which you probably yeah. heard of it was a you know for this year and these type of movies i say it was a pretty big one it was pretty popular pretty well received across the board i suppose successful who knows with netflix's algorithms but seemed like a netflix movie that sort of caught hold for at least a tidbit as some of them do on occasion and Spike Lee, you know, it's uh, another one. If you, if you like Spike Lee movies, this is very much in that vein. But I will say it is also, it feels, it doesn't feel personal necessarily at all, but it feels very intense and lived in, in a way that I really enjoyed. It feels like he's trying to tell a somewhat unique story. He's telling a Vietnam story that is not the same Vietnam story you've heard a million times before, which is great. And it just feels that he takes time to tell you who these characters are through flashback through dialogue like he just it's it it it, it lays the foundations very well and then it gets into some weird like spike movies always seem like they go into tangents and like they never really wrap up well necessarily and there's usually some stray threads here and there they're like hmm what but it's like but it's more the i think it's more the feeling and the and those vibrancy you get from a spike lee movie which i think this one and especially it's about a bunch of old guys and they especially including delroy lindo all acquit themselves very well yeah um yeah i i mean you know it's it spike is interesting right you know he's he's been a i mean how long have we for for you and i spike has been a director for essentially our whole lives mm-hmm. right so um you know i think do the right thing comes out in 89 and i think he's got a couple movies before that so um that's my whole life um <laughs> basically there um you know and it, 
like with any director who's as prolific as he is, who does a lot of things and has been around as long as he is, like you go through these, I feel like you go through, um, you go through some fallow periods, right. You know, in, in the filmography and, um, uh, and, and then you get a movie like, uh, you know, black Klansman a couple of years ago. And you're like, Oh, right. That's why he's fucking a great director, right? Like, that's why he's so good. And this is just another example of one of those. Um, and yeah, I mean, the acting is amazing. Uh, the movie to me is actually, I, I, we were talking before we got on, I think it's better than Black Klansman. More, just more, it, it's not as fun of a movie, I guess. <laughs> No, in it's not particularly ways. fun. The, the beginning is fun, fun when they're when they're dancing in when they first get to Vietnam. That's right, really fun, right? But it, it, I think it's got more to say. I guess I would, I, I would, I would, I would put forth um, more to say about um, the idea of justice and who deserves justice, and um, you know, yes, Black Americans deserve justice, but probably so too do. Um, Vietnamese people who are the victims of an imperial war and um it's just it's just a great film and just brimming with super super performances um you mentioned Delroy Lindo I I'm like haunted still to this day by the Chadwick Boseman performance where he is basically playing a ghost the whole film and then you know Chadwick Boseman dies and um this year and you know that that's that sticks with me I haven't seen um Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, which is sort of, I think is his last performance. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, yeah, just brimming with great performances. Like, and as you said, like sort of just, just classic Spike film. Like, like just just really just really great, really compelling. Um, and I loved it. And I it, that this is another one that like to me it was a shame to not be able to see on a big screen. We probably wouldn't have been able to see it on a big screen. Yeah, I think it was a Netflix yeah. from start to finish. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think but, that's right. I don't, I don't think they picked it up after COVID. Um, so, yeah. One but, of my uh, favorite scenes of the year was the landmine thing, and and maybe about mm-hmm. the middle of the movie. Do you know what I'm talking about, Andrew? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That whole split, both parts of it. There was a first part and a second part, and the first part it seems like you're gonna be like, ooh, a redeeming moment for a tortured soul, and then it's just like, oh, you fucking monster! Oh my, like you just don't do this, like no, like but just the 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 swing you're having there is just so great, and it's just and again that that the the, the whole point of like why like the fact that happens in the weird time it does like probably isn't the structure that most people would recommend for that kind of thing, but yeah. to just drop that at like an hour into an hour and two and a half hour movie but uh, whatever like you don't sit down for a Spike Lee movie and go oh I'm sure this will be carefully structurally plotted from A to B to C yes. like yeah it'll be it'll be very Spartan and, uh, yes. like, like really tight we'll no, introduce uh, the protagonist and the problem and then they will like it's like that's not how this works and to his credit like you know like you said when it doesn't work I think that's why it's it's so bad but when it does work it, it just reminds you that he's he's uh he's a real smart guy I mean, you've highlighted two of his films now. I mean, the, the guy is like, he's working. You know, I know, I know he's like, and I know he's like, he can be a somewhat polarizing figure. I mean, we did a whole series on Tarantino, and fucking Spike Lee is like ripped Tarantino, <laughs> and asked like every opportunity he's got, um, and like to be to, for me, I'm like generally and. And I, I even say this as like a nominal Boston sports fan and someone who's been annoyed by Spike Lee every once in a while. But like, I'm on Team Spike, man. Like, I, I, I he, he's he. Whatever he has to say is often very interesting. It doesn't always come together well on on screen. But like, you know, to me, when I think of like the ultimate like post 9/11 movie, 25th Hour is right where I go. Yep. It's a great film, um, and. Uh, and and he's great and he's uh, of course he's great for the moment we're in you know the yep. post you know the post the the trump era and the george floyd era you know and everything and um you know i i he probably won't but delroy lindo should win best actor he really should like i he haven't really seen should. all the movies that have been getting talked about but i've seen a bunch of them and I don't. I think he pops better than anybody. And if Chadwick Boseman wins for Ma Rainey, that's great. Like, he's really good in it, and he also passed away. So, like, I would take no harm. I see no harm in that whatsoever. But I think pound for pound, everything I've seen so far, Lindo is the best. And I don't think it's even really that close. Yeah, totally agree. 
Well, now to number three, which is First Cow. And if we're talking about a big bombastic Spike movie, now we're talking about the opposite of that, <laughs> where, where literally nothing happens. They get a cow, they make some biscuits, and they die. <laughs> spoilers. I think First Cow is beyond spoilers at this point. It's been out for ten months, and if you haven't seen First Cow yet, you're, uh, you're, it, it's, it's not, yeah, but it's great kelly reichardt who is a wonderful writer director who did meek's cutoff made a whole series of films this is her latest it is real slow real quiet and i think it's the kind of movie that grows on you it's not something you're gonna watch and go "Ooh, that was exciting but like i think i think it's themes for me at least sort of revealed themselves the more i thought about it over time you're just it seems like it's about friendship you're like oh it's about friendship and then the more you think about it there's more going on about like you know the time and place like she loves doing period films she loves like those those sort of uh empty barren sort of times when everyone was fighting for what they had but i think that goes to just illustrate like it, it makes the actions and the consequences of everything so meaningful like it literally is like life or death for these minor things and i think that's something she's really trying to emphasize is like we take we sort of to some extent take for granted the choices we make now when back in the day like it was just you lived and died like that was really for what a lot of people's existence was and i think this is yeah. the kind of thing that really really puts a, a stamp on that it, yeah it, it is interesting to go from bloods to uh <laughs> so understated in many ways um and and i even down to the like i when i rented this movie and then turned it on i'm like wait why is the girl from arrested development in here and like walking her dog i'm like i was so confused <laughs> at the very beginning and of course it comes comes back in the end in a very like poignant sort of way um yeah i i uh this is one that like i think even you watch it and then you're like okay that was pretty good and then it does like sort of grow in your mind over time because it just it it does the character development so well it's it's understated um and it it approaches this genre of western in like a totally totally different way right um and there's I, no I adventure there's no like excitement right like, it's right but but the stakes yeah, I, are still very high if you care about the people involved. Right. right. Yeah, I, I wrote this, you know, it's interesting to me that this is like one of the better Westerns we've had in the last, you know, 10 years or whatever, um, along with The Revenant, which are two Westerns that are not set in traditional Western locales, right? I mean, they're, they have nothing to do with uh, disgruntled Civil War soldiers or the Southwest or Monument Valley or anything like that. Um, and they have something different to say. And this movie has a really different thing to say again. Right. Like, which I think, I also think one of the reasons it was meaningful to me um, was this, again, this idea of human connection <laughs> when, you, when you're fighting for survival, which again is like something that feels um, it, it hits a little closer to home this year in particular um that that idea that you know connection um can make your life sort of meaningful yep. <laughs> um Absolutely. Uh, no matter what happens uh and so yeah it's it's a great film one i've recommended william tyler does this um the score on this i'm a big score guy as steve knows Gr- really great score he's a modern modern um musician but plays music in the style and he's he's great i have it on vinyl downstairs it's, it's, mm, it's that's score. great so yeah <clears throat> so much yep. cow love <laughs> it's great wonderful love the cow he's the first cow how can you not like the first him? cow the hamburger yeah, <laughs> love cows. and number four on the list is mank if you want to hear us talk about the backstory beyond mank to a certain extent we have our citizen kane episode in our archives and on inrealdeep.com and we talk all about Charles Foster Kane and William Randolph Hearst and the real story and all that kind of stuff. But Mank, if you're not aware of it, is the backstory behind that. Basically, the tagline is essentially who really wrote Citizen Kane? Oh, it's Gary Oldman in a fat suit. And <laughs> it's the kind of thing, Andrew, we were talking about it before, and like with many people I talked about, like it's the kind of movie that I do not think... It's very inside baseball, directed by David Fincher, and it was another Netflix film that had a lot of hype coming out, and I think is probably still entertaining if you don't care about, you know, the movies or that, or, like, p- 
politics and all that. Like it's, I think it yeah. still is, it works for, it pro, I think it would work for most people, but for you and I, it's like catnip, you know, like it is <laughs> yeah. great. And then it has for you, it's even more catnip because it has that old timey pattery dialogue and the score and all that. Like it really, I think it does. It, I, you like that a little more than I do, but I'd still really enjoy it. I think it captures that whole feel really well. And as I wrote in my review, one of the last reviews I wrote for the site is I love the idea of Joseph Mankiewicz as a character who is you know sort of a, a limousine liberal type for lack of a better term right. like he he right. strives for he, he strives to be recognized as like this champion of the, of the little guy but at the end of the day he's human like anybody else and he and he's like and he's more human than than you know actual saints and saviors and people that will sacrifice for their ideals he's not that's not really his forte but then the movie's obviously about you know when he does have that one moment to use his skills to stick it to those in power he takes advantage of it and I think it's a great movie. Like, I, maybe it didn't live up to the hype, but the hype was, you know, f- especially in 2020 in the streaming world, it was relatively deafening. And I thought it was it was about as good as it probably could be. Yeah. Um, I have no way to objectively judge this movie because it's, it, it's a David Fincher <laughs> film about one of my favorite movies. Like, it's a movie with a movie. And it's got Gary Oldman. Amanda Seyfried is, like, outstanding in this movie as well um as mary davis i think is her name uh the character the the real life person's name um i have no idea how to objectively like i I, it's one of those this is one actually like like that's the opposite of back background in some ways where i'm like background like you should just go see it i don't know what to tell you about it but i think you'll like it mank is like I don't know if I would tell you to see it. I can tell you I really liked it because I <laughs> and I can sort of sum it up in a couple sentences. For really yeah, right, right, yes, yes, it's very easy to sum up. Um, you know, I, I, you know, I, for me, so it's Citizen Kane, but also you know, um, having you know done the drive up the Pacific Coast Highway there and gone to San Simeon, which is where William Randolph Hearst's mansion was. Um, you know, it was just and like it was it's. It spoke to it's, it's all the things I'm interested in uh, in cinematic form, and then you got a great actor like Gary Oldman at the center of of all this. Um, I think you're right, also though, that I don't I don't want to sell it short. I think it has it, the movie has something to say. I don't know if it really sticks the landing, but I also don't really care because I could have watched that movie go on for <laughs> the next two, three, four more hours, whatever it was. <laughs> um, I could have I could have kept going. Um, it's uh it's it's a great movie. I I do I am curious sort of how it how it will be regarded going forward. You know, David Fincher doesn't make a lot of movies, right? Like what was his last one? Gone Girl, I think. And mm-hmm. um that was, you know, four or five years ago. I think that was one of our very first uh podcast episodes. I believe actually. that's correct, yeah. Um uh so it was a it was a while ago. We've been doing the podcast for a while, hundred episodes and all that. Um so um, he doesn't do a lot of movies. He's, I mean, I think we would agree, you know, one of the, one of the very, very best. Um, and, uh, so anytime you get a Fincher movie, it's, it's a good thing. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't, would I recommend this? I don't know. Go watch Citizen Kane and, you know, yeah, if you want to learn more, then watch Mank. <laughs> then watch Mank. Yeah. I don't know. I don't or know read a book, but also you can watch Mank along with that. Yeah. 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 Always read a book, but, uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 to me it's a very entertaining film. I I don't think everyone in the film universe sort of agreed with that, um, and I know some people kind of like hit it for not sort of answering the question in a more authoritative way about like who wrote the movie, who deserves credit. I would argue that's not really the point of the movie. Yeah. That's a weird thing. Who cares? Like, I don't like, I can't yeah. imagine watching this movie and going, Ooh, finally this fictional film will resolve the mystery. Right. Like what? That's not right. what he's trying right. to do here. Right. Right. He's trying right. to tell it's, a story. Like, and, and you know, and anyone who really is in the bit that follows Hollywood knows this screenplays like are all over the place. Like rarely are they just right. one person sits down and writes something and it goes directly to screen anyway. So like it's, there's not, it's not even like a mystery that you're ever going to solve. Like it's, it's time, it's place, it's situation, it's people. Like it just does not seem like seems like a weird reason to watch this movie. So yeah, the movie's not really about the screenplay of Citizen Kane. It's really about Mank's relationship with William Randolph Hearst and his lover, right? Mm-hmm. And 
and and speaking truth to power, as you say. So it's not it's not really about the screenplay is sort of the end result of how he ends up feeling and processing that, that. and how he can like how the only tool he has in his real disposal to right. fight back. Right, right. So uh, I feel like if you're focused on the Hollywood mystery part of it, um, you're focused on the wrong thing. Yeah, <laughs> I would concur. You're focused on the trivia and the footnote, and not like <laughs> Fincher's really going for. Um, yeah. Yep. All right, Andrew. Well, let's do it. We haven't, as we often do, we have not decided yet on the best movie. So let's talk. Let's go through these four. What do you think should be our number one film for 2020? Well, so for me, I think I would knock out Mank and First Cow. Um, I don't think those are either of those. If I was gonna, I would put those in the bottom half of our of our top four. Yes, uh, and I I think you're probably in agreement there. To me, they don't rise to the to the to the top. Um, I uh, I don't feel like either of us are going to bully each other into anything on this. Like it's again, it's such a weird year. Like I don't feel that strongly about anything. I feel like in this department, I I love Bloods. I'm not going to say the full movie uh, title because I feel like I can't actually execute saying it without sounding like an idiot. Um, <laughs> you, that, when Spike you were saying it right there, I was like, I should call it Bloods just too because the duh, <laughs> white guy saying duh sounds really bad. You know, this is a, a big aside, but at work lately, I've been working with someone who is Italian and his name is Alberto and it's like, I've decided it's actually impossible for someone who's American to say that name and not sound Do you like just say Al at this I, point? Have you just shortened? I try not to say it, and then I just sometimes <laughs> I have to, and I'm just like I'm sure I sound like an idiot, and I'm sorry. Um, anyway, uh, at least you know you say, sound like an idiot. That's something you're, you're self aware yeah. enough. Well, it's it's one of those things where it's like I'm not going to be like the newscaster and like say Colombia or like something to his face. Yes, it's, it's ridiculous. Don't anyway, do that. Just be um, a doofy white guy. It's okay. Yeah, he knows I, you are already. It's not like you're hiding it or I, anything. So. I'm, I'm very good at being a doofy white guy, so <laughs> I will I will stay in my lane. Um, so Bloods to me was like my favorite of the year. Um, Baccarat, on the other hand, is like easily the most unique and surprising film. Like I never, I never would have thought a film like that would have even. I don't even know what I, I would have never even thought of a film like that existing. Um, so. Um, you know, the, those to me are the top two. And uh, we, as we, when we oft, as often as the case, when we get down to the top two, you can't, I don't think you can really go wrong with choosing either one of them. So, so here um, is my case for one of them. So I'm going to give you two <laughs> contextual situations. Watching the five bloods, my girlfriend and I sat down, opened up Netflix, put the five bloods on, gave her a brief overview of what it was. We watched it. It was really good. And we said, well, that was really good. And we went on with our day. When I watched yeah. Baccarat, I heard about this weird movie from you and some other people. I got the Criterion channel. My girlfriend went to sleep. I pulled out my laptop for, to get the biggest screen possible in bed. I plugged my headphones in, and I watched this weird-ass movie that I was not expecting, that was strange, that was unique, that was exciting, that was funny, that like really made me forget about what was like I did not want to look at my phone I did not want to stop and do anything else I wanted to keep watching this movie because I wanted to see what it was where it was going how it even existed and I haven't had that experience in this whole year for the most part because just that's not that's not how you know it's not how movies are consumed it's just it's it was just it's a rare thing to not want to look at your phone and to truly be entranced by something and want to find out what happens and for me that's what the five bloods though it was tremendous feels like another in a series of movies that i watched this year whereas baccarat being weird as shit being strange being un- indescribable and unexplainable that makes me love it all the more because i want people to have that experience of watching something that they don't quite understand but but can't look away I mean, I think you're right. I think we have to just acknowledge the fact that if 
if we're being honest, then by those standards, Parasite should have definitely been our movie. Of the sure, year. perhaps I'm overcorrecting. <laughs> That's fair. That uh, it, there is a lot of comparisons there because there, yeah. it, it's a little broad and 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 not insulting, but it's a little too broad to say Netflix movie versus foreign film, weird and eclectic versus you know relative like uh, a master of American cinema doing his thing. But yeah, there's enough there's enough through lines there to make it accurate. I'd say. Yeah, uh, which I'm not, I'm not. I don't want to like beat you over the head with because I, I I don't actually feel all that strongly. And like I, to me, I would just say like Bloods to me was the most enjoyable experience I had, and then like Baccarat was like probably like a close second. Um, and so I, it's not. It doesn't matter that much. It's just. It's just kind of funny. Because um, here we are again with a net, like a Netflix film by a very uh, famous uh, and experienced, well-known American director, and then a. Um, uh, for, for, and we would have seen Fuck Around theaters too. That I feel like that would have been one we weirdly we right. would have like put our coats on and, and yeah. huffed it to the theater to yeah. see it. Yeah, it's like a for, a foreign film that defies explanation. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah. Gotta see yeah, that in really, a theater with six other people, you yeah, know, I with really a big beer it, that man. cost me nine dollars. That's yeah. Oh man, I know it sounds I, great. Right? Yeah. I would happily pay uh, forty seven dollars for a Dogfish Head IPA right now. That you have at home um, already. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then you no, see them I, empty it in front of you, so you're like, "There's not even any like it's not even draft. It's just a bottle that you're pouring into a cup." Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think I think I think we should I think we should go with Baccarat because like I I think it's I think it's a great it's a great film. Um, and I think you're right that it's it's uh it's it's one of those it's one of those movies that um as a as a cinephile you get excited to have seen before everyone else yeah it's like and i understand what you're saying like you know i do i don't want to be an inaccessible boob about movies and always telling people you got to see this i don't think either one of us was like you look at look at our best movie of the years like we're not we 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 tend to go with the masses at least like the 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 really good masses the smart masses we tend to go with them pretty often but this just to me sums up what this year was where it was weird and eclectic and sad and anything that that stood out amongst the pack is worth selling and as good as the five bloods was to me it was just like a really really good movie and it didn't rise above that level for me yeah and i think you're right we have the credibility as people who have named creed and a star is born our films of the year <laughs> yes. past you and i are all that, about credibility that's what people say about us all the time that, that to then say that this brazilian film that is a voodoo western space opera or whatever <laughs> uh, it is, uh, is the film of the year. I think we've, we've, we've earned that right. We, we can say it. We can do it. Yep. Uh, if that's what we really believe, which I think we really believe. Because um, we're not. We're not. You're right. We're not snobs all the time. We, no, uh, not at all. We, I don't want to be a snob. I, you know, and, and to your point earlier, may, you know, if, if this was a world where we had theaters who knows what would have won like the, maybe this maybe, maybe we would have been far and away maybe Baccarat would have been a minor hit and made like 15 million bucks and then we'd be like okay well now everybody loves it so of course we're in the right like this has been for this movie this is like a runaway success and duh it's number one or maybe one of these other ones would have popped in a theater you know like we'll never really all we have is the experiences we had and it's a shame that that's the way it has to be like I don't you know I wish there was another uh, way we could watch these but this is what we have hopefully someday we can watch baccarat at a, at a revival theater revival theater yeah, oh absolutely. what a dream yeah. that would be i'll watch the five again i'll watch bloods i'll watch anything <laughs> as long as it's in a theater in the dark with the phones turned off and a giant overpriced beer. if they re-release tenant in theaters and say whoopsie doopsies we've sort of fucked this up but now it's back in 2021 i'll go see tenant i'll sit through three hours of a movie i didn't really like for just for the experience will they invert time in it (laughs) (laughs) to get us there yeah that's what i agree agree. yeah Yeah. there we go baccarat is our movie of 2020 i think a fitting choice for this year speaking of this year speaking of fitting choices speaking of everything going on andrew we have an announcement to make to all of our fans we appreciate you all so much 
We have loved you guys listening to this podcast, you know, off and on, starts and stops, sometimes every week, sometimes once every three months for the last, you know, what, <laughs> eight years now, something like that, since Gone Girl. So I think yeah. it's around eight years now. I think, well, we've been doing the writing for eight, eight-ish years. I think the podcast is more like six or seven, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it seven, I think, because Gone Girl came on 2014, so seven years. Yeah. Long time. Yeah. We appreciate it, but we are going to take a hiatus, Andrew. We are going to uh, pause InRealDeep.com and InRealDeep Podcast for the somewhat immediate future. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I feel, I feel, I don't know if I feel good about it exactly, but I feel like it's the right thing to do, I guess is what I would, what I would say. This is, I, you know, don't, we'll post something on the site about it um, once once Steve reads it and make sure I've captured the spirit. <laughs> um, uh, but, uh, you know, it's time, it's, it's time to take a break. It's time to, uh, uh, it's time to, and, and we don't know how long the break will last. I mean, like it could be permanent. We don't know, but like the, the point is like right now we're, I think we're, we're, we're tapped out emotionally. <laughs> Like I think we kept hoping that movies would come um, back in some way or that, you know, yeah, we, we wanted yeah. to do the top 10. We want to do like, I think there are things about the site that we really love to do still, but I think then, you know, it gets to like, I think part of the the dread was like, okay, the fucking Oscars are coming. I guess we'll talk about the Oscars. Yeah. And then like, I guess we'll do the, the, the dub, the HBO max movies that are coming out. Like it, it became when it becomes a chore and not a joy, I think then it's right. not really worth doing. And I think the world has just beaten us down to a point where, we need to take a break and hopefully it will become a joy again and our schedules will change and world the world will resume and then and the movies will open again and like we'll have that that thrill and that excitement of going but right now it's just it's been a long year and i think a, a pause is 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 uh the right way to go warranted yeah 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 and i think you know like as i said I, I, earlier I'm, I'm bullish on on some of that stuff coming back and i think you know we'll see but as you mentioned, when we when we come back, it it may be a different thing. I mean, we've certainly done more on the podcast than anything else lately, and I think uh, that's probably what interests us most right now. Because like that's that's kind of how this all started, right? It's like you and me shouting at each other in a cube, yeah, <laughs> cubes next to each other. <laughs> me uh, shouting like, more than you because I have less control uh, over my voice. Well, but, you know, yeah, yeah, you're not bad yourself <laughs> when you get yeah. riled up. Yeah. Anyway, it's like, that's how this all started. And so like the podcast is a very natural extension of that. It's anyway, it like the, the writing part of it, I think, you know, I know you write professionally. We both have very busy jobs and like that part of it is like, it is probably the hardest for us to do other than like the occasional annual top 10 list. I can, I can, I can summon the strength for that. Um, but, uh, yeah, we just like, we just need a, we just need a little bit of a, a break and then we'll see we'll see we'll see where we uh we so we'll see where we land in a few months hopefully we all get saint fauci gets us all shots in our arms and <laughs> and we're all we're all we're all back and then we'll, then we'll figure it out but uh you know for now it's 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 the right thing to do and as you say we're, we're not getting we're not getting paid for this so no and if you want to it's pay not... us please send us money we will <laughs> yes, take money yeah. but it's not <laughs> like built in <laughs> If everyone's right, it's checks. We'll start. The yeah, podcast, you. If right you aren't again, in real right deep, you can find um, our contact information pretty easily. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so you know, and that's that's what'll sort of be in in the piece, not the hitting people up for money. Although, please send it if you do uh, <laughs> feel so inclined. Uh, but more like you, you know, just just the like as you say, the the way this year has uh, has worn us worn us down. Um, A little bit. Yeah. So, but our yeah. archives will stay up there, right? AndrewInRealDeep.com will stay up for a little while, for sure, for a little while. And the podcast will stay out there for sure. So if you miss us, yeah. they're going to be out there. You can hear our voices. We have hundreds of episodes for your listening pleasure. So 100 episodes, probably thousands of reviews at this point. And, uh, and if something uh, crazy happens, if Al Pacino comes out with something, if, you know, it's, it's a never say never type thing. We're not going to just say <laughs> we're not, you know, but certainly. Yep. For the immediate future, you can rest assured that your friends, Andrew and Steve, are resting comfortably, enjoying the movies, but not necessarily <laughs> uh, sharing their opinions on them with everyone around them. So, no, At least not like just, in, a, in I, a content written, talked about format. 
Yeah, unless we want to invite people to, you know, we just add a bunch of people to our own text messages that we send back and forth. <laughs> about films. That would be one way. I mean, the other thing is we, we, we also are both on Letterboxd, so we're both there. If you're really into film, go there and you you can find us. I mean, I actually posted like a short but semi-serious review of Tenet, which we, I, I watched the other night. And then there's also, you know, the smarky, snarky reviews. Actually, I think your review is just David Tenet which is really funny. And <laughs> my review is like all the reasons why Tenet is not an effective film. But, um, but uh, uh, anyway, we're there. We're not, we're obviously we're not, we're not, not watching movies. No, we're going to keep, we're <laughs> doing that for sure. That's we not going to do any work around them uh, for now until, until we get to a, either we get to a, a great idea. Al Pacino is in a, 10 part Netflix series or, you know, I don't know what it is. And, um, you know, so yeah, we'll, we'll, we're not going anywhere. Um, the, the site will, as you say, Steve, the site will, will stay up until, until, and unless we make a determination some somewhere down the line that, um, we're really going to not do this anymore. And, uh, but we're not, we're not there yet. I don't think we're not, we just know right now we just need a bit of a pause. Yep. Uh, and thank you all so much for listening. Thank you for the hundred millionth time and the last time for now. We'll be seeing you further on up the road. Adios. Adios.